0: Episode 40 of Fitness Behaviour of Bevan James Isles. What are you thinking? Welcome along to episode 40 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles, your monthly podcast on the behaviors that create a lifetime love of fitness and all the benefits that come alongside it. Episode 40, wow, I'm just trying to figure out. So if I do 12 a year, so I've been doing this for about three and a half years, well, just under three and a half years. So kind of crazy that I've been doing this show for that long. It's um yeah, it's kind of kind of bizarre in some ways. This month, I've got I've got a really cool subject. Uh, I don't know if "cool" is the right word, but I've got a subject that I find really really interesting, and um, I've had a few breakthroughs with a few of my clients around this stuff recently. And uh, and it's it's kind of an evolution or a different way of looking at things, and uh, a certain strategy that I think can be really helpful for a lot of people who are into this show. So I'm going to get into that real soon. Uh, before I started, I thought I might just share a little bit about where my books at. Um, I've got the edited version back from the publisher And I read that the other day Or I read it the last few days And um, yeah, it's a really exciting process I have to admit we, um, We're getting the book cover done this week And we're, we're penciling in some names for the book And uh, it all needs to be confirmed Pretty much over the next three weeks And then from there we're moving towards um, a, a release date of around 18th of August I think is the release date I'm not 100% sure, but it's somewhere around that time, somewhere in August. It's been a really cool experience for me, actually. and um, I'm kind of someone who's created a life that's very much, well, in the last few years it's changed a bit, but in my early years it was very much about me doing everything within my life to be successful. And as time's progressed, I've learned to to delegate my time or surround myself with people who are really great at the thing that they do. And when it came to choosing whether to go self-publish or with a publisher, it was really, it was an interesting decision I had to make because I felt that, you know, fortunately through my podcasts and my writing and and the work that I do, I've I've kind of built an audience over the years of people who like my work. And in some ways, if the book was about just making money, I probably was better off just to go down the self-published route because I have an audience who would probably support me and be interested in, you know, finding out about the book. Uh, But, Ultimately, the book, the real purpose of the book was to share a message with people that can maybe help influence them towards making better decisions around exercise. And with that in mind, I I really felt that while self-publishing could maybe get me more dollars in my pocket, it's not necessarily the best method to actually help people. And, uh, And so I chose to go for publisher. And to be honest, I don't really see myself making that much financially out of this book. It was more about... Getting someone on my team who can make me, you know, make the book better, and then also help me spread the word as best as possible, and it's been really interesting. I'm working with a company called Craig Potter Publishing, and I've and I've got a the guy I work with, um, my publisher is a guy called Robbie, and um, it's just one of those real world experiences of working with someone who is really on the same page as you. And there's there's real value in this in life and the real value in like from the start, I was very fortunate. You hear a lot about publishers, um, you know, people trying to publish a book and how, you know, you just experience a lot of rejection letters. And I sent my book out to a lot of publishers and in New Zealand and um I got like five publishers who wanted my book, which is really exciting. Um and so the, it wasn't really a dilemma about getting a publisher, It was more about choosing the right publisher. and and in the end, it came down to two publishers who I felt set on the same page. But I end up going with the guys from Craig Potter and Uh, I must say it was a really great decision Uh, and and not, you know, because I'm wiser and think, but I think I kind of fluked it more than anything. But uh, my, my publisher, a guy called Robbie, is just so supportive of the message of the book, so wants to make the product as best as possible and so understands so much about the publishing world that I don't know that is making this a better product. And it's just, I don't know, it's been a really a really cool experience to be working alongside with somebody who sits on the same page as you and has the same kind of objective around, you know, spreading the message. And it's, um, I don't know if there's much insight that I, it comes from Twitter telling you guys about this, but it is just, you know, the book is a creative expression. No, it's it's not necessarily like writing a song creative, but it is, a, you know, it's something that comes from me. And often when you, are a creative person or you do something that's creative, you have this emotional attachment to it and that can sometimes restrict you because you don't want to hear feedback around it um, or you may, you know, you don't want to hear, you know, where it needs to improve and so on. Uh, and whereas because I know Craig sits, or well, no, sorry, Craig, Robbie from Craig Potter, I know that Robbie sits on the same page as me around what this is about and what we're trying to achieve even when I get feedback around areas that I need to sharpen up the book, it's it comes from the right place. And it's, um, yeah, it's just a really, really powerful thing. So, anyway, it's, uh, as always, I kind of just waffle on at the beginning of the show. Um, this month's show is is going to be, yeah, I, I really like the concept I'm going to be introducing to you guys today, and uh, I hope there's some real value in it and there's some real tools that you guys can use in and around what you're doing. So... I'm going to get straight into it as always, I'm going to put some music on, I'll probably answer a couple emails at the end of the show, and uh, you guys rock on, and uh, well, here's we go, here's some music. A few weeks ago, Joe and I were having a quiet set dinner, I think we'd had a pretty busy week and we decided that we weren't going to go out. That weekend, and so we kind of did the DVD night Where we got out a DVD and sat on the couch And just kind of got some good food and relaxed and watched the movie And around about 9.30, 10 o'clock I got a text from my mother Now, my mum, my, my mum is quite a, um, a social person And so, a well, social person is probably not the right word But my mum is someone who keeps in contact a lot But not really at that time of night And so to see that I had a text from my mum was a bit strange And uh, so I opened the text And the text said, what do you think about the secret? And I didn't really know what she meant. I was like, first of all, why is my mum texting me at 9.30 at night? And then what does this question mean? And uh, I didn't respond. I can't remember why. Maybe I saw the text and, you know, just didn't really think about it. And then I rang my mother the next day and um, I just kind of said to her, "What what was that text last night? And she told me how she'd been at a party with some friends and she met this lady who must must have read my pieces in the in the press or something, or who who knew of me and uh, was really interested, this lady was really interested to see what my views were on the book The Secret. And so um, you know, and my mum was hoping that I'd give some insight and obviously I didn't respond to the text, so there was, you know, there was probably the end of that within that night. But my mum and I talked about The Secret at that time, and The Secret was, for, um, you know, it's God, who doesn't know about the book The Secret? But if you don't know, The Secret was a book that came out oh, probably about four or five years ago now, and it was kind of championed by Oprah and became this phenomenal kind of best-selling book that, you know, was all the talk for a period of time. There was also a documentary that came out as well. And for, the, for that moment in time, you know that was the talk. You know what is the secret, and you know what does this mean, and how do we apply this to our lives? And and and, and I read the book and I watched the doco, and um, and the the basic premise of the secret really was the whole concept of the law of attraction. Law of attraction saying that if I focus my mind on something, my mind will help me figure out how to get that something. Um, and 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 in some ways there is some real truth to that tool. And, and to be honest, my view on the, on the secret is that it it went a bit too far fetched. And it also, what they tried to get you to focus on was not necessarily the greatest thing. Uh, So for example, in the movie, there's a guy who talks about how he thinks about how he's always going to find the perfect car park. And he always does. And, I really doubt if that's true for everybody in the world. If they were to use the secret, the the whole idea of law of attraction towards finding a car park every time that they would, I I just find that highly unlikely. Um, But I do see the idea of that if I put my mind to focus on something, then the mind will explore answers and maybe come up with great solutions towards me finding that. So, you know, and one of the tools I you talk about in one of the earlier podcasts is where's your focus and the, the, the whole idea of the how question of, you know, when we're really tired as an athlete, we'll focus on all the things we're doing wrong and the how question redirects your energy towards and your thinking towards how can I be successful in this moment. And I think ultimately that's what... The law of attraction does, is that it's really about a shift in your focus towards what you want to focus on, and then your mind will help you develop strategies that will help you look at ways to develop and move towards what you want to achieve in that area. My other criticism of The Secret was that It seemed as though if this most amazing, powerful tool in the world The whole idea of if I just think it, all, it will suddenly turn up out of nowhere um, They really promoted material things Like the, It seemed like the whole concept of The Secret was a lot about How do I get a nice car and how do I, how do I get things And uh, there was no real kind of um, altruism or um, selfless kind of promotion within that There was no how do I help others or or how do I make, the you know, the world a better place? Or or how do I just even become more aligned with what's important to me through these tools? So that was one thing I found interesting about the book The Secret. But definitely, you know, it seemed to hit a note with a lot of people and um, and I do think there is some level when it comes to the law of attraction that can help us, you know, that where there is some value in that tool. But often The Secret kind of revealed... One of the bigger problems with the self-help, a big part of the self-help industry, and Jeepers, I'm doing a podcast, which is, you know, let's be honest, this is a self-help podcast, and, and my book will be go under the self-help, you know, I know it's a fitness book, um, but, you know, it will sit within that self-help world. So I know I'm, I live in this world myself, and I make an income from this world, and, um, you know, I put a lot of energy into adding to this world. Um, but what The Secret probably did and a lot of other self-help books do, is they promote big-picture ideas that don't actually lead to strategic thinking to help us overcome the problems that we want. So they'll give you a big-picture idea, you know, well, you know, if you just think about it, it will appear. Or if I believe it, it will happen. You know, those those kind of big-picture things, which... I think when we're in a place where we know we want to shift in life, it can be really appealing, and in some ways, they will, you know, they might give you a little bit of motivation. They might um, inspire you a little bit. It might give you, a, you know, like a charge. But ultimately, when we think about the change that we've had in our life, it's often come from really great strategic thinking. Like if we think about a goal. Let's say that you, you, know, you have this goal that I want to run a marathon. So you have this ambition that you want to move towards. But actually, once you've determined that goal, it's actually the strategy that you develop to move towards doing that marathon is what makes you successful. So you might determine that you want to do a marathon and you know that you've, you know, you might only run 5K right now or you, or you don't run at all or, or whatever. So then you start to think about all the obstacles you have in front of you. You start to think about all the strategies that you can use to be successful, who you need around you, how you're going to fit this into your life, what you need to learn, who's going to support you, um, the gear that you're going to need, you know, other outside factors as well. So what really happens is, is you have these these moments where you go for ambition or growth or change and really when people have been successful in creating that change is that they develop these really strong strategies. And and one of the things that I've learned, and um, I'm sure it's it's interesting, think about an area of your life right now where you think you're really competent. So it might be a career thing, it might be um, exercise, it might be a skill or a hobby that you have. Now when you think about that area, now an area you you feel you sit really strongly in, Think about that right now, really identify within myself, okay, for me, you know, for me it will be exercise or teaching people exercise. And then think about when you meet someone who's coming into the area that you're really strong in and think about how you see them trying to approach the thing that you're great at. And what you often see is that they just have really poor strategies around how to be successful in doing this. And as a wise head in this area You kind of, your experience has taught you how to overcome A lot of the obstacles that they have in front of them And so often, you know, if you become a mentor You can help them progress a lot faster Because you know the tricks of the trade And you know the strategies that it takes you to be successful in doing this And when we think about our growth when we think about, you know, it's like being a mentor in fitness, you know, or, or in anything, is that often what you do is that you see people making the mistake of having really bad strategies. And, and this is what I really want to go into today. And I'm going to share an experience I've had with a client recently. I've, I've had this client who um, for the longest time has had this weight number that they've wanted to achieve and I'm just going to say that it's 70 kg just because it's an easy number to pull out the ear but it has nothing to do with this person Um, and for the longest time this person has used kind of extreme diets to try and achieve this weight so they would go from whatever the latest fad diet is you know and and it would be quite an extreme thing so they might do uh, it this I'm kind of making this up, kind of it's a half-truth and a truth at the same time, but they might try the lemon detox diet, and then they might have done, I don't know, the South Beach diet, and then they went paleo for a while, and then they did this other thing for a while. And for the life of them, this person could never hit that magical number. And what was really interesting around their strategy was these diets were all quite demanding and all quite challenging to maintain in the long term and so they'd have this goal and again just let's say that they always sit around 75 kgs and you know they had this you know ultimately they saw the happy place at being 70 kg but they could never get there and they'd fluctuate you know between 74 to 78 kgs and no matter what they tried you know they may have been a really good period where they did the south beach diet for you know two months and while they were doing that south beach diet for two months they got down to 74 kg and they thought they're doing really well but the effort it took to stay at 74 was massive you know the, the south beach diet was really challenging for them to maintain so it took a lot of mind energy for them to maintain that diet When we think about, you know, I've talked a lot on the show about before how the mind is a muscle, that there's a mental fatigue that comes with making new decisions and hard decisions in your life. And often when we have a diet, you are using a lot more of that mind muscle. So this client would go through this period where they were using a lot of mind muscle and they were quite focused, and i get to this weight where it was getting closer to that ultimate goal of 70 kg, and i get to maybe 74 kg, but it just was such hard work eventually they'd start to crack. And the interesting thing about this person, which the insight I've gained from them, was that when they got to 74, it wasn't actually a happy place for them to get to. It was actually a little bit discouraging because, because it took so much effort to get to 74. They thought, wow, is this how I'm going to have to live the rest of my life? And that's when the crack started to come along. So what we've learned with this client is that ultimately the strategy in the past was that they would use they'd have to go to an extreme level to achieve the goal that they desired so that they would you know, do, and I'm not saying all diets are extreme, but they had to make big shifts in their everyday behaviour to adjust to these new diets. So, if you've gone from having a, a typical life to then go to suddenly paleo, there's there's a lot of big changes you have to make to the way you eat your diet. And again, the mind muscle just got tired and tired. And while they were able to maintain it for a period of time, ultimately it was just really a lot of hard work, and they found that they couldn't maintain it. And the interesting thing, again, as I was saying before, was that as they got more successful, it actually created more pressure for them because they thought the only way I can maintain this desired weight and this loss in this weight is to be, you know, have this kind of consistent hard work around how to be successful. And then what would happen was they couldn't maintain it. So they'd start to fall off the wagon and, you know, eventually kind of fall back to their old ways and then kind of still sit around that kind of probably go back up to 60 76 kg for example and you know start to move towards that 78 and then they get to that 78 which is probably their trigger point for i've gone too far then look for the next solution which was another extreme level of big change in life around how to be successful in getting down to the ultimate goal of 70 kg so if we recap this kind of strategy it is i want to get to this ultimate goal I, I look for massive change to achieve this goal, and it will be some form of diet, I, I move towards this massive change, at first I am successful, but it takes a lot of effort, then I get closer and closer to my goal, but it feels like the is building, eventually the cracks start to come in, I kind of give up, I feel bad about myself, the weight fluctuates back, I get mapped to maybe about 78, and then I think to myself, oh, I need to start again, I look for another big change in strategy you can kind of see how that becomes a revolving thing. And for this client, that was a real revolving way of living their life. And and to be honest, they've done this, if you look at the pattern of their behavior, they've done this for a long period of time. After working for a a period of time, we, we kind of started to see that this pattern was happening. You know, that there was this pattern of, I go to these behaviors, I have, you know, this pattern I've just talked about. And... We, we just understood the strategy wasn't working And so that's where we started to go towards strategic thinking Around how can she shift away from this strategy That's ultimately not that successful Because A, she's not getting to the way she desires But B, even when she tries to get to it She lives in this huge amount of pressure Which ultimately leads to, you know, failing points And so, you know, there's this kind of dissatisf- dissatisfaction That comes around this place And that's when we started to break it down to different levels. And uh, and I suppose this is where I want to go with today's show, is sure, it's good to have the goal and it's good to have the big picture, but actually a, a really important part of you being successful is your strategic planning and thinking around how to be successful. And I'll be honest, it's an area that most of us are pretty bad at. Most of us have the the common fault of being too ambitious when we set up strategy. I've talked a lot on the show about being a personal trainer and the person who comes in who only, you know, has never exercised, thinks they're going to do ten hours exercise in the first week. That's bad strategy. And, you know, really, that person's a better strategy is just how can they get in twenty minutes three times a week. And it's you know, again, that's where that mental role can really help you overcome a lot of those errors. But when we start to think about your goals and we think about the areas you want to grow and I suppose the first question I have for you is, are you successful at setting up great strategies? And the answer to that question will really be, do I achieve my goals? And because often when we don't achieve goals, it's like, we feel we lack motivation Or we're looking for the drive Or we're looking for I need to believe in myself I need to find the secret But often it's just Because you've done Really poor strategic thinking Around how to do this So if we if we, we start to become aware of Okay, my strategic thinking Is really poor around How I set up my growth Then the next question becomes Is how do I set up Great strategic thinking For me to set up Successful pathways Towards growth And the first thing we need to do is we really need to discover where we really sit in the areas that we want to go right now. And this is what's really interesting. This is one of the insights I've gained from working with this person is that traditionally when we look at goal setting, the first thing we do is we think about where we want to head and then we think about all the change that we need to make to get to where we want to go. But with this client, one thing we did is recently with some of their sessions we actually really tried to figure out what the real problem was. Why was it that they really struggle with their weight? You know, what was causing them to sit in this weight range that was unhealthy? Well, not, it wasn't even unhealthy, just that they weren't happy with because this person's actually not overweight, but they just have a level they want to be at. But, you know, so, so what level, what's causing them to stay in that place? And the, the wrap-up I did before, that, that kind of that question of, okay, well, why is this happening? The conclusion to that came from that. We, we discovered that this person was going on this yo-yo of extreme behaviours which they couldn't maintain, felt pressure, started to crack, fell back to bad behaviours, and started to fall off the wagon, put weight back on, and there's this revolving circle. So that question of looking at what's creating the now was really important. And we got to that place... And I wanted to go further, so we really assessed further what, what was the real situation we are dealing with here. And the interesting thing about this person is, if you looked at their diet, they actually eat really healthy the majority of the time. They, they, you know, they have good-sized meals, they don't, they're not someone who's excessive, there was, you know, there was no real, if you just looked at their everyday eating habits, there was nothing that you go, well, you know, it's obvious why this person struggles to sit in a weight range they ultimately want to sit in. But there were a couple moments within it that were keeping them in this place. There were a couple weak moments. And these couple weak moments, again, I'll just use examples, but it might have been that, you know, at night time they'd eat a bag of chips. And, you know, then once they ate the bag of chips, they went to a, a kind of extreme place somewhere else. So then they might, because they ate the bag of chips, they might have a block of chocolate as well. So... There would be these just these one moments in their day, or one or two moments in the day, where they just went to the extreme. But if you took away those one or two moments within the day, suddenly the rest of the day was actually pretty great. So we really figured out, and it was for this person, it kind of happened maybe three to you know, maybe three or four times a week. So there was three or four times a week where these unhealthy levels of eating and not necessarily healthy food was. Probably the cause for the reason they sat in a weight range they weren't happy with and, th- and that's what we kind of did is that we went through we' kind of br- we really did a really hard assessment of of creating a great understanding of where they currently sit and really seeing what were the real causes of this place that stopped them from being where they wanted to be and I think when we think about strategic thinking is that needs to be the first point we start with, is that often what happens is we might get to that 78 kg where we're dissatisfied in ourselves, or where we know we want to create change in our life. And the first thing we do is we just think about how we get to the change. So people will set a goal, you know, I want to I lose some weight or I want to do this thing and, you know, you see, you know, again, you, you see the goal at the end and what do you do? You go and you go and go, bang, okay, well, these are all the things I need to do to achieve this goal. But you don't assess and you don't think strategically around where I am right now in my you know and what's holding me back in this area. For the example I've used up to this point in the show, there was the pressure from the extreme diets, the, the kind of the roller coaster that was sitting around that, and then there was these extreme moments in their day where, you know, ultimately it was keeping them in this place they didn't like. So the first point I suppose we need to think about today is in the areas you want to grow in your life, if you are going to become a great strategic thinker around it, how are you assessing where you currently sit in those areas? And, and, and the more depth and the more detail you can get to understand around this area, the more you can create better planning later on down the piece. So going back to this person, we figured out there were certain, certain areas that we needed to address and we needed to develop strategies for that were actually going to help them get the progress they wanted. But as we moved on, we really had to address the overriding principle that, that determined that, they, that previous strategy was a good strategy. So, you know, up to this point in time, we had figured out that what was the cause of the problem, it was, again, going back to the extreme behavior and so on. But then, and, and then we, so we were getting really good at identifying when those key moments were. So we've done the identification thing, and that's the thing we want you to think about is, in the area I want to grow, I need to become really great at identifying where I need to shift, and not just, you know, I know I need to shift away from eating a lot, it's what are those moments that i need to think about putting strategies in place towards but then on top of that we actually want to think about the overriding philosophy or the overriding thinking that takes me to that way in the in the past so with this person when they would what would happen is i'd go to an extreme place with their diet so let's say they ate too much and then because they went to an extreme place with their diet they had this overriding Kind of belief that the only way to catch up was to be extreme in my behaviors on the other side. So if I had an extremely negative time, as in I ate too much food or I didn't exercise or, you know, I went too extreme on the bad side, the only way for me to improve was to be extreme on the good side. And that was their fundamental belief that actually led them towards. You know, going to this place of extreme diets, which is actually unsustainable in the long term. And what we figured out, what we learned was that actually one of the shifts we need for them to make was a shift in their fundamental belief around the strategy that they are using in their, you know, their weak moments. So again, I know I know I kind of repeat myself, but it's important that their fundamental belief was when I go to an extreme bad behaviour, I have to do an extreme good behaviour to be able to get back to where I want to be. But historic, or history, history showed that that actually didn't work because it took it to this pressure place and so on. So one of the things we had to think about when we thought about their strategic thinking was what is their fundamental belief that actually drives them towards poor strategic think- thinking in the past and then how do we shift this fundamental belief towards a place that makes it easier or makes it I'm not sure if easier is the right word but allows them to find a better strategy moving forward so in the past i do a bad behavior i then have to do an extremely good behavior like extreme diets or extreme exercise to to change you know or i don't know if it's punished but to to shift myself back to where i want to be The fundamental belief we determined was that actually this person got the best results when they sat in their everyday, sustainable, healthy behaviours and eliminated a few weak moments. That actually they got the best results when they did that. That the extreme diets and that was a failing strategy. But there needed to be a shift in their belief around their fundamental belief. And that's what we looked at doing. We we said, okay, well, you know, we know that when you have a bad behavior, approaching the change with an extreme good behavior actually doesn't work. What we want to shift you towards is to go, when I have a bad behavior, I need to get back to my healthy behaviors and use good strategies around certain weak moments that I know come up in my day. So as we think about this overall kind of strategic thinking, the first is, What is the belief, the big fundamental belief I have that makes me set up bad strategy? Then the second part, which we've kind of already mentioned, is to then become great at assessing where the change or what areas I need to attack in my strategy about me moving forward. So again, like I was saying earlier, if this person here, they actually ate really well most of the time. You know, they just had a few key moments in their day where they didn't, you know, where they could just fall off the wagon. And the big shift was the fundamental, and then once we identified what those core, those core little moments were, we were able to break down what they were and then devise great strategies for them to overcome that. Now, at this time when we talk about strategies, this is kind of going into the third step, and, and the third step's pretty much like a... Um, Coherent actions like actions that you know are achievable. So so let's take a few steps back if we go Okay, we figured out her overriding principle leads her to a bad behaviors or bad strategy um, That we needed to shift that which we did and then we identified where the where the strategies were poor And figured out what strategies we need to put in place We didn't just set a goal. We didn't just say Okay, well, now you need to, the goal was have great strategies at that time when you know you are mentally weak with your nutrition. That's not a strategy. That's just an up-in-the-air, you know, hope-I-can-change kind of way of looking at things. What we needed to do at that time is to really assess those moments and devise really great strategies to put in place at those times. So for this person, we knew that during the day they had no problems with their nutrition. Morning and night wasn't a problem at all. But then when they got home at night, for some reason there was some weakness around nutrition. It might be whether they preparing dinner, they might have eaten too much. It might have been after dinner they were tired and they just mentally thought bugger it and had way too much nutrition um, and so on. So as we identified what those couple key moments were And to be honest there were only like three or four We then put in actionable strategies That they can use at that time Actual steps well, like We did things like um, Almost having a mind meeting before you got out of the car Before you got home from work And it was basically a big reset Because we knew that they were about to face their weakest time in the day And within that mind meeting They had to um, identify the weak moments that they had up and coming up in front of them, and then pre-plan the behaviours that they were going to do at that time, so that they would know what you know do the healthier option at that time. And so, and then they would actually come up with the actions that they were going to do. So let's say, like for example, one thing that was really interesting was that this person knew that if they go to bed late, that there's a higher chance that they would eat bad. So they made it determined that ten o'clock's the time I need to go to bed. So they they put um, you know, they might have put an alarm on their phone for a ten o'clock bedtime when they're in the car before they got out of the car. And when the alarm goes off, it's a you need to go to bed now strategy. It's an actionable step that helps you shift in your strategy. Where they go to bed, they don't eat poorly. They stay up, they do eat poorly. But they have an actionable step that helps them overcome that. They may have pre-planned a healthy snack to have, you know, when they're making their dinner, a small healthy snack. We also, about the attitude that they have to certain levels of things, like we actually allowed them to have a treat at night, but we allowed the treat to be, um, you know, a healthy treat within a healthy kind of level of volume. So they chose to have two or three bits of dark chocolate at night. and But when we thought about the strategy around this, it was also that there was no guilt associated with that. So that, 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 that chocolate at night was a treat that they're allowed, and because it was a healthy level, dark chocolate, so it's a better version of kind of a treat, and it wasn't a huge volume, but also to remove the guilt associated with it, which in the past would have opened up a lot of doors to you know, then going down a much further path with nutrition. So you could see what we did here is that we, we really, after identifying what those key moments were, we actually came up with a coherent plan of actions to take at that time or at those times. And then from there, it was about experimenting with this stuff. So from there, what we look at doing is letting them sit in this place for a period of time and to see what the effects of them living in this place was and if it was a really good strategy. And then ultimately, I suppose, the next step in the process is to assess your strategies. Did they work? And again, you know, did you change is probably the best answer to that question. And in this example I've been talking about in today's show, there's a massive shift in this person. Suddenly the person who always struggled, you know, to sit in a weight range they were happy with because they went to extreme places because their fundamental belief was wrong, suddenly they had the ability to stay in a healthy place and not feel the pressure. And that's what I found really interesting is that they got to this place where, you know, they're sitting, let's just say back around that 73, 74 weight range, they sat in that place. But they didn't feel the pressure because it wasn't such an extreme way to get to that place. They weren't using extreme diets that were mentally fatiguing. They were using kind of everyday living and good strategies around their weak moments. And suddenly they're living in a healthy place. Let's think about you right now. Let's um, think about yourself. Think about the area that you know you want to change in your life. It might be a weight thing. It might be an exercise thing. It might be a procrastination thing. It might be, I'm not sure, but I'm sure as you sit and listen to this right now, that thing you want to change in your life is probably going to pop up in your head. I imagine you've probably already tried a lot, really hard over the times to change it. You've probably tried to work really hard on it. And if you haven't been successful, looking back now, do you think you've used poor strategic thinking around how to create that change? So if we think about the process I've kind of introduced today, and we go to the first step is, what is your fundamental belief around change in this area that may be setting you up to do bad strategic thinking? The example I used earlier was when my client had a bad moment, e.g. eating too much food, they felt the only way to get back to a healthy place was to be extreme in their strategy of losing the weight. Now, that was a bad fundamental belief in setting up strategy because then they'd set up strategies that were ultimately leading, you know, setting themselves up for failure. So if you think of your area and you look at the times you've tried to change in the past... What about your strategies have actually, or your fundamental belief, has led to you making poor strategic decisions? Then, what kind of overall fundamental belief around your strategy to progress forward would be a much wiser, healthier way for you to achieve this? So, again, with my client, we went to they generally eat really healthy really all the time. So we want to stay on that path and we want to get good at just eliminating a couple weak spots. So for you, as you, you know, you've identified that thing, what are the, what's a healthier fundamental belief around what you're trying to think, how to think about what you're shifting in your strategy. Then once you've done that, it's really about spending a lot of time doing the evaluation of the, the moments that you need to change. A couple key moments you need to move away from that may have the biggest impact on you creating long-term sustainable change. Okay, we go back to my client, we know that it was after work, we know there was a couple key moments. So we identified what those real key moments were. From then, or from there, with your new fundamental belief and your identification of where are those key moments I'm trying to to shift away from then what you need to do is sit down and do your strategy work around this area. And it's an important thing, you know, like do your strategy work and so spend the time doing the strategy work. And then maybe when you've done your strategy work, before you even start actioning it, remember it needs to be actionable. It needs to be I'm putting an alarm on my phone to go off at 10 o'clock at night so I know at 10 o'clock at night I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to get up off the couch, I'm going to go to bed. Because I know that's an actionable thing I can do and it's going to lead to the change I want. Not as an, oh, I hope I go to bed at night. That's just a goal. Whereas actionable, coherent change is what we're looking for. Once you've spent some time looking, coming up with a strategic plan around moving away from the behaviours that keep you in the place you want to be, really assess it and really question it. And a good question to ask yourself at this time is, if I had a wise person in this area being my mentor around the strategy I've come up to lead towards change, what feedback would they give me on this? It's kind of like that third eye look at the way you're doing things. It is that time where you are the wise person and you look at the new person and they just haven't learnt the lessons yet. And, And can I make my strategy more successful, which is going to give me a higher chance of succeeding? From there, it's about getting out and doing it. But I think the key thing to remember here is that it's not a 100% you're going to get it right 100% of the time. 100 percent's is not the aim. The aim is to learn and to keep evolving your strategies so that you become stronger and stronger and stronger at doing them. So that over time, you know how to deal with certain situations in your life with actions that have been proven and that maybe can be evolved to higher levels as you move down. Then once you get to this place, and this is what I'm finding really interesting with my my client we've been working on really w- well with now, they're getting to a place where they're living in this healthy place a lot of the time, and the effects are amazing. It's it's really mind-blowing because previously when they had you know bad strategic thinking, they lived in a place where they are beating themselves up all the time because they were never being successful, so they are always hard on themselves. And now, because we've done this work, they're living in a place where they're really healthy in their mind. And uh, it's really fascinating to watch them discover belief in themselves, discover um a possibilities around what they can become because they're not living in this negative bad energy all the time. And that's when, like that's a, that's an awesome time to set some ambitious goals and then to do an, actions towards ambition. And I'm not saying that you know while you have you're trying to shift away from bad um, or, or change in self. From a bad place and identifying those weak moments You can't have ambitious goals as well And ambitious actions But when you have that in a place Where you're totally free from all the The bad side of the bad place It's it's just a really exciting possibility in your life So if there's homework to do Or homework, if there's work to do on today's show You don't have to send in your homework uh, it, it is to really think about this Is what is my fundamental belief that actually makes makes me create bad strategy? Assess where the area I need to change in, and determine what moments and what other key times I need to develop strategies for, then develop actionable strategies that I need to put in place for those moments, assess them, ask that wise person question, and then try living it in a period of time. Now, if you fail in that period of time, don't do in a character assassination. Don't beat yourself up because you're a bad person. Assess the strategy. Okay, I got the strategy a little bit wrong. Tweak the strategy. And then when you get better at strategy, evolve the strategy. To me, this is a much, much wiser way than just hoping that some secret, you know, that you pull out the pluck of the year is going to help you be successful. By doing this, you are you're really working on the true problems and coming up with a much wiser plan that's going to make you a lot more successful. A lot of people try to create change and fail, and a lot of people try to create change and fail a lot, which leads to a place where their fundamental belief about themselves is that they are a failure. This is a really unhealthy place to live, where ultimately, I see it that most of the time they just have terrible strategy. If you can work on the stuff I've talked on today and maybe even find higher levels of that and you're going to live in a place where you do come up with great strategies towards change, I really believe you can be the better version of yourself. Right, I think that's uh, pretty much this month's show underway, or not underway, kind of pretty much wrapped up. Uh, Hopefully hopefully there's something in there for you. It is interesting. I I do think it's just an interesting area. And uh, yeah, something I'm I'm definitely working on within myself right now is how do I get better at strategic thinking and, and how do I get better at understanding where I need to grow within different areas and uh it's definitely influencing my thinking so hopefully you get something from that I just will let you know I I did a I I am lucky that I'm surrounded by pretty amazing people because I have um my editor at the press which is the paper I write for had an idea of doing a fitness challenge um maybe two months ago and we, we kind of caught up and kind of met up and all the rest of it and it just went out of my local newspaper and it's been a real hit like they've had a I oh, know lots of good feedback around it and stuff, and I created a an eight week fitness challenge, and the whole idea of the eight week fitness challenge was it's got some strength based and some cardiovascular based workout component to it, and um, and we made some videos and, uh, and they put it in the newspaper as well, so there were pictures in the newspaper and uh, it, it's kind of designed to make you know there's a measurement tool, there's, I don't know, there's a whole kind of package, and I thought that maybe you guys would be interested in it, so what I'm going to do is, if you want to, I'm just pulling up right here in front of me right now, if you want to Go to my website ww.bevin and for this month's show notes, I'll have a link to a website called stuff.co.nz which is kind of like New Zealand's kind of big news website. And there's a link to my article on it, and it's got the videos for the movements that you're meant to do. And uh, if, if you're looking for just that kind of admittedly it's kind of more entry-level, like it's very much about getting people into exercise. So if you're already a pretty big exerciser, it's probably not going to be for you, but if you are looking for that person who is just a little bit newer to it. I'll put a link on my website ww and uh, you can then yeah check it out and maybe do my eight-week it's called Bevin's what is it? Bevan's Fitness Bash. So there we go. So you can you can check it out. So I'll put that on my website, dub dub I've just got one question here this week and it's a question that was a really good question actually. It's, it's, it's probably not more of a it's probably more of a just an insight than a question actually, by a guy called Matthew White, and he was just saying how um, I've kind of read the email, so I was kind of going to wrap it up for you guys. But he's was just saying how recently um, he learned to say no to his friends. And he learned that saying no to his friends, and, and, and it was in social situations. So obviously, Matt would go out and uh, it was very much a drinking thing. You know, like, um, he, it's not, you know, it sounds like he doesn't mind having a drink, but at the same time, him and his mates it was probably to a level that was too full-on and um, he determined that actually you know he was doing some things in his life that made him feel good about himself and uh, drinking wasn't drinking as much as his friends did wasn't a fit that worked for him and he was just saying how he learned to say no and he's had the courage to say no and it was a bit of a scary thing for him because he was fearful that they would reject him if he started saying no to him uh, drinking and uh, or, or not drinking as much and he was just sharing that it's actually been, really good for him because a it means that he's been able to do the things that are important to him you know without that kind of overhanging drinking thing around him but b his friends haven't rejected him and I think it's just a really nice point that sometimes socially we feel pressure to move towards things that maybe we don't we know we don't want it to do and uh, Matthew in this situation He's done really well because He's been working on himself and he's done great And he realised that the level he was drinking Was just not where he was comfortable anymore But he didn't want to lose his mates By saying no, so he, he took a bit of a risk And he said no And it, it, it sounds as though he's still You know, still he's, you know he's got here I still like to go out and party with my friends occasionally But just not as much as what I have in the past And uh, that's, that's really good work, Matt And I think there's a lesson in for that for all of us Sometimes we get socially bound to You know the conditions of our Friendships and That's, that's you know the, the friendships Add a lot of value but there might be Levels of it that go to an unhealthy Place for you that you're not happy To sit in anymore But you can be fearful because you don't want To lose the friendships or the value That you, you get from those relationships and, uh, and Matt's just Really shared a great experience of how You know you can still have both In a way that's really healthy so thanks for sharing That with us Matt because it's it's a pretty cool lesson for us all to think about. Um, that's pretty much this month's show. Um, yeah, I'll go be uh, keep keep going to my website, dub and I'll put my pieces up there. You can get my fitness bash from there as well. Um, remember, the book will be coming out in August, and I'll be letting you know more and more about that as the closer we get to that. And if you have any questions or any feedback or anything you want from me, you can go to bivenjamesisles. No, doesn't it? Isn't. It's Sorry, that's, not, that's my website It's bevanjames at gmail.com We're heading into winter And Joe and I are off to Australia in about two weeks For a holiday to Melbourne And I'm really looking forward to that Because I love Melbourne It's one of the best cities in the world And uh, I'm really looking forward to it to be honest It's one of those times It's nearly mid-year uh, We've had a pretty big six months And it's been lots of cool stuff happening But at the same time It's definitely the time for... For, for, to unwind a little bit So we're going to be Heading off to Melbourne And going to have A good time over there I'll be back next month With something new For you guys And uh, yeah Three and a half years It's kind of cool So thanks And keep supporting the show And uh, keep spreading The word about the show And I'll see you guys Same time Same place Next month